You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. Last week, Chris and I told you about the miraculous Scott Free. Mr. Miracle. <laughs> Mr. Miracle. Of DC Comics. Of DC <laughs> Comics, of uh, of New Genesis, of Apocalypse, however you want to say it. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a... We're going to Tom King, Mr. Miracleize a Marvel character in this challenge. Very our first challenge so. of the new year. So yeah, our, our first challenge of the new year, we're going to... We're gonna, Take the Tom King Mitch Gerard story of Mr. Miracle, uh, the the 12-part maxi-series, and we're going to see what that looks like in the Marvel Universe for us. So think about that as we go right into the spinner rack. All right, it's Wednesday, and you are at your comic shop, and you're going to ask yourself, what should I get? Well, Chris is going to say, from Boom Studios, there's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 47. We're getting closer to issue 50 of that main series, and this comic book series has just put out some explosive dynamic stories, so I would definitely say start getting those issues because you don't know what's going to happen as they get there. Or maybe you do. I don't know. DC Comics will be putting out quite the bit of books this week. We'll have Batman 87. These are the new adventures of Batman in a post-Tom King era as James Tinian IV is now wearing the cowl, and he gets to decide what goes on for Batman. Now I can only think about is every writer of Batman wears a cowl while he's writing the Batman book. Like He's just sitting there, I am Batman. <laughs> I just hope they don't have to pass it around. Like, sweaty, man. The same one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another exciting thing coming out of the Batverse, though, is Batman Curse of the White Knight number six of eight. That's right. Sean Murphy's wild world of Batman antics infused with the animated series and the, uh, the Tim Burton movies is back at it. So we're getting very close to that conclusion. As well as the Adam West Batman Oh, that's true. There's been some Adam Parts lessons. of that yeah. isn't there, yeah. Well, then even this one, and this one's so exciting because we're taking like Nightfall, the Night Trilogy, yeah. and slapping that in there. So that's been very, very exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I, I really hope, I mean, I, I have good faith that it'll stick the landing, but I'm just, I'm really hoping it sticks the landing. Especially with him talking of a trilogy. It's like, yeah. ooh. Because the next one was... Uh, something Batman Beyond. Yeah, like, Bat or White Knight Beyond or... Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Uh, let's see. We have also Batman Superman number six. So this will definitely start taking us uh, more, uh, taking us more into the Secret Six, aka the superheroes who are infected. Uh, we finally got some names: Deathbringer. So if I remember correctly, um, that is Donna Troy, the Sky Tyrant, which is Hawkman, King Shazam, which is Captain Marvel. We're allowed to say that. I don't know if DC is. <laughs> Scarab, the Blue Beetle, and I don't know. Um, what they've given Supergirl or Jim Gordon as their names. But anyways, this book, um, I haven't been following it, but I will say this. Uh, the artist, David Marquez, watch out for him. I really think, in my personal opinion, he needs to do an event. 
He draws superheroes in such a beautiful fashion. He has great layouts. I would recommend definitely like keep an eye on this guy's work. Um, look at his Marvel stuff. It's just beautiful, beautiful renderings. And, you know, Batman Superman is definitely a higher tier book. So this could be something worth watching. Speaking of uh, King Shazam, do you remember post Crisis on Infinite Earths era DC pre Flashpoint where like whenever there was a big global event happening or universe event whatever right you had what was it zeus and oh the quintessence shazam. was it was yeah there the five of them yeah. well no oh sorry no well sort of but yeah you're right zeus shazam ganthet ganthet phantom stranger but i think he was kind of more like the lower tier yeah i think he was just kind of like their errand boy so to speak yeah. or their their herald so who's there was the someone one? there was someone other there was someone else there, right? There oh, was, King Sh- or Shazam, the Wizard. That's why I said the Wizard Shazam. Oh, okay, Wizard Shazam, Zeus, Ganthet, Ganthet, and then who was the other person? High Father. High Father was there. Yeah. High Father. Oh, okay. I mean, because Zeus and High Father kind of look the same. They're yeah. It, one's mythical and one's comical. <laughs> Did comical. they show up in the beginning of that? Uh, what was it? Trinity War. Was that what it was called? Or oh, and the Justice League, the, so the New Fifty Two one. No, they didn't. Because when, when they tried to give the new origin to Phantom Stranger and Question, yeah, and no, was, Pandora, yeah, no, they weren't part of that. one. They weren't part of those that group. No, okay. because at this point, the Wizard Shazam has been radically changed. Yeah. Like his appearance and whatnot. So yeah, the appearance and origins and methods of the Marvel family are quite different than what they used to be. So that group, then, would that would you ever really want a story about that group, like how they decided to? come together as a council or like you I, know i think it's neat because it was a great turmoil I, yeah i mean i think it's i think it's neat because like that's a lot of power that's you know i mean in essence it's like ganthet is the weakest but he's strong because of his power set but i mean like two of those dudes are you know quote unquote the face of god yeah you know, so it's like, that's pretty crazy. So, I mean, when power like that gets together, what does it mean? Why does it get together? Uh, so I think that could be fun to explore it. And, you know, what would be their what would be their opposites? You know, like, who are the villains that come together? Because it's like, hey, that much force that's against us coming together, we need something to stand up to it. Um, is there a need for it in the modern phasing of the DC universe? That's the tough part. Um I don't know. Like, I mean, I think it'd be neat. I think it'd be neat to revisit some of that stuff, play with it because like it just vanished because it was like, okay, well we're not doing that anymore. So they let it go, which ultimately is a mistake because well, why does something come together and why does it, how does it come apart? You know? But yeah, I think it'd be neat to play with that. Okay. Interesting. I just, I don't know. Was, I always thought it was weird because I don't know what, what stories it was that, that they showed up. Yeah. You know what? Phantom Stranger kind of always just showed up in that, that group and it was like, Hey, you should be watching what they're doing over here kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think he, he would bring, like, the humility. Yeah, that's the right word. Humility to them. Like, do you understand what these people are going through? Because I remember them popping up in Day of Judgment. Oh, was Spectre part of that group? Uh, he kind of played the same thing as well. As like, Phantom Stranger? Yeah, they're, you know, because they're that, that super powerful force. And it's like, hey, I can do what I want. I can say what I want, you know? <laughs> like, Dead Man got close one time, but even then it was like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Go away, little spirit, you know? But yeah, but no, I think it'd be neat, and I like it's it's definitely something of I don't, I don't want to say consequence, but importance, I guess. That like it could like what if these guys decide they want to start altering courses and whatnot? So I think that'd be fun. Um, 
and plus, like I guess in the modern DCU setting, who do you take too? You know, that could be something. Like, yeah. Like we do have more characters, but we also have less characters because of it. So it's like you can't really take Ganthet anymore because the Guardians are back. So is his necessary support going to be there because of what he wants to have happen? Would they care to have him anymore? You know, does he want them? You know, stuff like that. So that could be fun. So, yeah. Plus, they need that because Marvel has like those groups of gods and stuff like that. And it's like, (laughs) who do you guys have? And, you know, they all they all borrow from each other. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Just thought just thought about it. Yep. No, that's I forgot all about those guys. That was a fun group. Uh, let's see. Okay, continuing on. The Birds of Prey is definitely going to be getting a huge focus right now, and they are getting their own 100-page giant. So again, the typical format of these is two brand new stories and then a uh, two reprints. So we should be seeing something called Fight or Flight, a, a 16-page Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey story by Gail Simone. So that's awesome. Brand new stuff there. Uh, Disguises, an eight-page Harley Quinn story by Robert Vendetti. Uh, the Killing, an eight-page Huntress story written by John Lehman. And uh, let's see, what was it? Um, oh, some reprints. Gotham City Limits, no, sorry, Gotham City Limits from Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, issue 14. Please, please, please let me get what I want from Black Canary number nine. And Good Morning Gotham from the New Talent Showcase, issue one back in 2017. So that one actually, I mean, granted, they're smaller stories, but you're getting quite a bit. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the Birds of Prey are added some more. This time there's the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn trade paperback. So if you want to get a kind of like a Harley Quinn 101 collection that you can give to somebody who's a fan or a best of, that would definitely be the trade because the character is very similar to its cartoon and comic book roots. Um, let's see. We have Detective Comics hitting issue 1019. That still blows my mind. Like it's it's there, <laughs> but it's like it's crazy. And now it's not only are they at, you know, past 1000, they're almost at 1020, 1025 might even be coming. Uh, but this continues on Pete Tomasi as he as he takes on Batman and he puts him in the conclusion of Batman Silent Nights because Batman is uh, facing off against an axe-wielding cult leader from the 1600s. So clearly, Batman's a witch. So how does he get out of it? <laughs> Would you say he's the witcher? Ooh. Oh, no. Throwing coins at Mitch. Is that what I'm supposed to do, or it's is that some, encouraging? Yeah, it's it? encouraging it. <laughs> All right, give me your coins then. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dollar Comics is at it. Batman Huntress number one. So this was when the Huntress got her own miniseries that kind of dealt with exploring who she was going to be. Because the original Huntress of DC Comics was the daughter of... Uh, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. But then after the crisis, they created the Huntress as Helen Bartonelli. And mm-hmm. so she was the child of uh, who survived uh, gang violence. So yeah, so this is pretty wild. So that was a fun miniseries. But again, it's only part one. And why does that work? Because it's going to make you go buy a trade. <laughs> They're going to have you go get those back issues or the rest of it. So there is that. But speaking of the original Huntress, if you are very curious to read more about her, Huntress Origins trade paperback will be released. And this one goes back to a lot of the classic stories from the 70s about her. So you'll be getting some reprints. uh, DC Superstars number 17, which if I remember correctly is her first appearance. Batman Family issues 18 through 20. And then Wonder Woman backup stories 271 through 287, 89, 90, 294, and 295. So if you want to read the adventures of the Helena Wayne Huntress, there you go. Uh, Far Sector is back with issue 3 of 12. And this features another Earth Green Lantern. And there's a lot of... uh, 
a lot of speculation that she will become part of the canon of the main DC universe. So she might be part of this mysterious 5G whenever DC figures out what that is as well. John Constantine Hellblazer issue three will be out. Justice League International. That's right. The blah ha ha team is back with volume one born again. So they're going to try to release these trades. Um, oh, this this story gets me mad because I spent a lot of money to buy the previous run of trades, which they did not collect all the way. So I don't know. Part of me is like, do I need to shell out more money again to get trades that I've already got? Because if they're going to complete the series, that's a tough one. Um, the nice thing about these, though, that's different than mine, because mine were the six-issue ones, if I remember correctly. These will be more like, this will collect, actually, Justice League issues one through six. When it rebranded itself as Justice League International issues seven through 17, the first annual, uh, the first Justice League International annual, and then the Suicide Squad 13 tie-in, because uh, Justice League and Suicide Squatting, Suicide Squad fighting all the time is nothing new. But this one's a great one because you'll get the post-crisis adventures of Mr. Miracle, Oberon, Black Canary, <laughs> Martian Manor, Bat Hunter, Blue Beetle, Dr. Light, Dr. Fate, Guy Gardner, and Captain Marvel. So a lot of big top-tier names in that story. Uh, we have Metal Men issue 4 of 12. Now, this book kind of popped up on the speculator market. Why? Because Dan Didio is writing it, and Dan Didio is lobbying for a lot of change. So he might be planting some seeds in this book. So maybe go look at your back issues and see what you have seen that could lead to this potential of 5G. Red Hood Outlaw 42 is out. Shazam 10 number – sorry, Shazam number 10 is out. I wanted to say Shazam Captain Marvel. Uh, so Jeff Johns is at it with his Shazamness. I know I'm looking forward to this book just because of the advanced solicits. I think it was cover 13. Superboy Prime. Oh, my God. I can't wait because that son of a gun. <laughs> he's all over the place. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, su- interesting to, to find out if Superboy Prime has the same weakness to magic that Superboy, Superman does. That's a good question. I'm sure it's been explored somewhere. But... You know, obviously, it didn't do a good job because it's not popping in our in our eye in our minds. But yeah, that'd be an interesting question because they've played it sometimes. Like, well, the kryptonite doesn't hurt him because it's not from his universe. So, would magic from this universe not hurt him as well? Well, so that's what I'm saying. Like, magic in his universe doesn't actually exist. I mean, who knows Ooh, why? That's a good call. Why that's is it call. that that he's he has Superman powers? I have no idea. But uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. You know, Superboy Prime magic. <laughs> Zatanna, watch out. Uh, Superman number 19 is finally released this week. Uh, this will deal with the ramifications of Clark Kent is Superman. I know that sounds weird coming from us going to you, our favorite listeners. But yeah, what's going to happen? Uh, now everybody knows Superman and Clark Kent are one and the same. So Superman, president of Earth, maybe. Sounds just good enough. I mean, we had... <gasps> Captain America, president of the United States in our ultimate comics. So that's true. That's, huh? I guess it's a possibility. There is the possibility. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And now the big one, Wonder Woman issue 750. That's right. They did the math and they discovered that, yes, we can constitute a 750th anniversary issue. Uh, this is great. This is um, it's going to be in the same vein as the Detective Comics and Action Comics 1000 issues. Uh, they're going to have variant covers from seri- uh, various eras. So Jenny Fission for the 1950s, Scott Campbell from the 60s. Oliver Copiel, the 70s, George Perez, the 80s, Brian Bull in the 90s, Adam Hughes, the 2000s, Jim Lee and Scott Williams for the 2000, 
2001s, I guess they're calling that one, uh, a blank variant and all kinds of wildness. I let's see. Oops, I missed. Uh, so it looks like Joel Joel Jones gets the basic cover. Uh, Joshua Middleton will do the 1940s one. So yeah, a lot of stuff to choose there. Uh, price tag of 9.99 or higher, depending on your variants in your comic shop. So a lot of wild stuff there. If you are looking to collect this book. With all the covers, then I say hold on and wait for the hardcover because it is cool to get those variants, but why not get a book that has all of it so that way you don't have to you know, sell a kidney. Uh, and speaking of selling kidneys, Year of the Villain Hell Arisen Part 2 of 4 will be out. Uh, that's right. The Year of the Villain didn't just end. It went into a miniseries. So this will continue <laughs> on with more of the dynamics of Apex Lex and all the crazy havoc that he has caused in the DC universe. Going to the other side of the fence, we're at Marvel Comics now. What do we have from there? Well, we've got Amazing Spider-Man, issue 38, and this continues on the wild adventures of Peter Parker as he deals with a J. Jonah Jameson that just wants to keep getting into his life. Why? Because J. Jonah Jameson is now, he's just like us, he's a podcaster. <laughs> he's following that Spider-Man everywhere he goes. But not only is he a podcaster, he knows that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same. They That's mutually right. shared this. He's also the one that let it slip to Norman right oh my gosh i think you're right that didn't they play with something like that in one of the recent ones yeah yeah so yeah so uh this is gonna be this is titled my podcast with jonah <laughs> so obviously you like podcasts so check this one out so nick spencer is playing with a little bit of a popular phenomenon in our spider-man books uh atlantis attacks begins now that's right What's been going on with Namor? Well, he's just been getting angry. And once again, just like they did with the Acts of Vengeance, this is taking an old annual title and now spinning it off into its own miniseries. So this will be a five-parter. And we get to find out what's going on with Namor. So I think this is interesting just because of the way we know the MCU works. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times they like to have the two stories or two parts of the business kind of yeah, yeah uh there's been lots of talk of namer and like him being involved in the mcu from what i understand and i don't understand much because i'm not uh, neither don't neither do i work for marvel or do i have real contacts in the industry of Yet. movie <laughs> entertainment but uh namer can only be used on screen if he is a part of something else he's owned by universal the movie rights to namer is owned by universal just like uh, Hulk, the Hulk. Thank you. Uh, so he has to be a part of something else. So what a lot of the rumors is that maybe the next um, Black Panther movie will involve uh, Namor in this in the Kingdom of Atlantis, like the two warring kingdoms kind of thing. Yeah, and there is the precedent because that falls out of uh, the Avengers versus X Men. So when Namor had the Phoenix Five power, right, and he was searching for uh, hope, yeah, he destroyed Wakanda. So if uh, he is angry again he might they might have a resurgence of of evil so to speak uh namer who's ready to uh fight uh t'challa and the wakandan people so that would be part of yeah well there's definitely there is definitely a spotlight on namer uh he's been like he hasn't been in his own book but there if you follow characters so he's been like he was part of this, they did the defenders, so they did like this, like a fifth week event style type of thing. So every defender got their own issue. So Namer was part of that, and he was causing a ruckus. Uh, Chip Zardaski was writing the um, Invaders book, and so uh, they were playing up with that. That Namer basically found a way to make a, uh, a for us. Uh, Make a formula that can turn humans into Atlanteans. Okay. And so he was turning people into Atlanteans. 
Uh, that concluded. I still haven't read the issue. God, I forgot about it. Yikes, that's bad collector. <laughs> and uh, now this is the next step. What is Atlantis Attacks? Um, I don't know. Like speculation, I want it to be big, obviously, because like you said, the MCU is eyeballing Namer. Um, how do they do it? How will they do it? I don't know. Uh, he's a great character. I mean, obviously, I want to see as many Marvel characters on the big screen as I can while I can see. But I just, I don't know. The comic doesn't enthrall me, but we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I, I wish them very good luck, and I hope they're successful. Uh, speaking of stuff, though. But Black- that would be a good battle between uh, Namer and Black Adam. Like, they're both oh all about their God. kingdoms. You and- did a DC versus Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> no, those two, like, honestly, those two, like, because, again, the Spock ears. Yeah. Oh, I you know, think about like that. People that. Like, th- that's <laughs> oftentimes people always pair those two up for battles. But you're right. I mean, these are these are not just, like... I love the fact that they're not villains because in war, <clears throat> if you ask somebody, they are not the villain. No. You know, they are fighting for their people. They are doing the just cause. And that's what I love about those characters because it's like, you know, like oftentimes they will be tempered. And they're like, look, I'm not provoked, but I'm not saying I'm not not provoked, <laughs> you know? So I love those types of things. But yeah, you know, they both have that regal stance that just – that air of arrogance and uh-huh. then yeah, those pointy ears. <laughs> so yeah, Spock will have to be the one who comes in and, and, and launch, <laughs> uh, brings them down to earth again, <laughs> but no, that would be a great one. So if you're listening, chime in. I'd love to hear who you think we should put up a poll. That could be fun to see who wins in a battle. Yeah. So hopefully as Namor starts getting more famous, we'll get more people talking about that. I guess you'd have to wait to see who it is they cast to play Namer so that you could have the rock version of Black yeah. Adam versus the Namer version of whoever. And that's funny, though, too, if you think about it, because Namer's tied in with the Invaders, obviously, and now they're tying the JSA in with uh, Black Ooh. Adam. Yeah. So there you go. So that can open some doors. Nice. I love that. My uh, my uh, balance has occurred now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, Black Panther issue 20 will be on. Tegnesti Coates is taking uh, T'Challa on some wild adventures. If you want to read more because there's a Disney Plus show coming up, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Captain America, Sam Wilson, the complete collection volume one is coming. So this is when Sam steps up to be the brand new Captain America. So all the adventures are here and complete for you. Uh, Captain Marvel 14 is out, and this is going to be a book to watch because there's the new character of Star. So there's been a lot of crazy things happening. And even then, it's caused... uh, Carol is going through some changes, too. So this is part of the story arc, The Last Avenger. But yeah, Captain Marvel, she's running around in a costume. It's all jet black with some red trim. And her face mask is a full cover. So it's all black with the red Captain Marvel star and some lines bleeding out. So definitely some crazy character changes. So let's see what's happening with that. Uh, Excalibur number six is out, continuing on the wild fantasy adventures of Hawks and Pox. So we are in a world post House of X. Fantastic Four number 18 will be out this week. And get ready for a big one. Guardians of the Galaxy number one. That alone could be a 750. Yeah. The sheer fact that they've had so many relaunches of that book. It's a shame because they just had a 12-issue arc. Uh, now I guess you'd consider it a run by uh, by Donnie Coates. And it was great. I enjoyed it. The conclusion was solid. I just wish they would have made this issue 13 instead of issue one. I mean, I get it. The ones sell better. But anyways, uh, Al Ewing will be the writer on that one. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, the cover's pretty wild. They look very like Miami Vice, you know, because you see 
you know, uh, Star Lord in this very like James Bond stance shooting at you, and then rockets in front of him in a suit. So it's like, hmm, what kind of crazy shenanigans is this? Going to be? <laughs> Uh, and then obviously we're going to expect a new lineup. So who will be the final cut of these guardians? Uh, always gonna, they always have another new lineup. Yeah. <laughs> new writer comes in and says, I want to see who I can throw in there. there. I want my personal favorites and then who else can I take? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, let's see. Marauders issue six is out again. Part of the whole, uh, uh, house of X, uh, ruins of Ravencroft will be visiting Dracula. True believers will be saving you some money this month with the criminally insane. So you will get the Marvel comics, Dracula first appearance and then the purple man. Wait, uh, so do you remember oh, how far back it was now? But when we had that big vampire push and threw out all, all Marvel, which ended up being Dracula was at the head of that, right? Uh huh. We had what? Uh, Jubilee. Yeah. She became a vampire. She, Cause yeah, it hit, Big it, she had lost the- her powers through M Day, and then she got vampire powers. So we're going back to Dracula again. Well, yeah. So he's I don't know. Like it's it's an interesting concept because it's supposed to be you know the Count Dracula from the movies that we know and respect. But obviously, this is the Marvel Comics publication, and even then, the character is veered off in his own adventures, like you're mentioning there, where he he fought the X Men. You know, so the X Men and Blade team up and. You know, it was wild, wild stuff. But yeah, so he's back. He's part of the focus because the true do- the true believers dollar issue will definitely be revisiting his first appearance. Um, why is he part of Ruins of Ravencroft? Let's see if I can get some information. The solicit reads so in the cover, he's uh, fighting over top of Captain America, uh, and then the solicit says. To the men and women of the Marvel Universe, Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane appeared to be a hospital devoted to the rehabilitation of society's most violent offenders. But appearances can be deceptive and, as Captain America learned the hard way, some secrets have teeth. That is a non-explanation at yeah. all. So I don't know. Why is Dracula in the big push? I, I But he's at Ravencroft. Yeah. So this is funny. It's like, so is he Dracula or is he a guy who's just got a fetish for capes and blood? I was going to say, so and then, and then you said the other person that's at Ravencroft is Purple Man. Well, it's, no, 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 no. So the uh, the true believers, the, the they'll be reprinting two first appearances. We'll oh, be gotcha. getting Dracula's and Purple Man's first one. But yeah, we're only getting one Ruins of Ravencroft. But last week we had Sabretooth right. in the Ruins of Ravencroft. And I think prior to that we had one of the like scream i think it was what if it's what if it's like not the actual characters at raven what if it's just people that believe that they are those characters you know i could see something like that like that would make sense you know and then you like, and then you would in the book you'd be like eventually you'd be like oh one of those characters actually is the person like i'm not saying it is Sabretooth, but like Sabretooth actually is in there. And he's yeah. like, I don't understand why I'm here kind of thing. Yeah, like, what the hell's up with my name? <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense because honestly, like, because if you, I'm glad you specifically picked Sabretooth because technically last we saw him, he's in like, he's in the dirt. Right. <clears throat> like yeah. he's been swept up into, um, oh my God, I can't think of the, Krakoa. So it's like, what's going on with that? Like, how is he out on earth with human justice and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. So maybe you're onto something. Maybe these aren't because even then looking at the cover of this ruins of Ravencroft Dracula, it's more of a classic Dracula, not the Dracula that you saw in that X-Men one with right. the black, red and kind of gray skin tones. And yeah. Stuff. So yeah, so definitely, definitely different. So I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe this ruins of Ravencroft. <laughs> it's all in your head. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, her volume one collection will be out. Web of Venom, the good son, number one. So Venom's going to start getting his own books, and this is going to deal with the son of Eddie Brock. 
X-Men Milestones, the Onslaught collection. So that trade paperback will be out. That was a fun event. Onslaught, basically the uh, dark sides of Magneto and Xavier come to life and just ruin everything. I mean, they destroyed the Marvel Universe because they sent, uh, what, the Avengers, Fantastic Four, Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk. They sent them to Rob Lee, and that's the worst thing to do <laughs> any hero. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. They no so, longer had feet. Yeah. So, but that's everything that's on your spinner rack this week worth taking a look at. All right. There you go. That's our spinner rack. So, as we get into it, we're going to talk about Tom King, Mitch Gerard's Mr. Miracle trade paperback. When did this come out? This came out uh, 2017, if I remember correctly. Uh huh. Um, it, it didn't start at the start of the year, so it, it went into 2017, 2018, which actually worked out very nicely for them because that put them in two seasons of, um, what is it, the Eisner Awards. Okay. So, yeah, 12-issue um, maxi, monthly series. I think they did a good job of, of putting out um, monthly issues. So I, I don't think they were too far about that. So the, I guess the... <sighs> Was this this wasn't the first thing that he did? No, obviously he did Batman, but all these like deconstructing. Well, no, when he came like back, that. when he when he came over from Marvel, because he did the Vision book over in Marvel, right? Yeah. So the Vision is another one of these, like, and definitely like the Vision. That one he took a wild tour de force on the character, but yeah, he uh, he did the Vision. I think when he got Batman, I think that's when he signed on as a full time exclusive. But yeah, he had done. Uh, he wrote Grayson when they made him an agent of Spiral. That makes sense. Uh, he took Kyle Rayner and the Omega Man and put them on that crazy Odyssey for that maxi series, the Omega Man. Um, obviously, he did. He he was running Batman the full time book, um, and then this Mister Miracle. Now he's going to be taking Adam Strange and doing some crazy stuff there in the future as well. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, talking about the Vision one, that was the one that introduced the the Vision family, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's once again, it's how does the person, after doing all that they've done, you know, fighting the good fight, you know, being in war, all the espionage and stuff like that, come back and then have a life? And that's what he was trying to envision, was trying to have a life. He had a son, he had a daughter, he had a wife. All the things that he made him. He even had a vision dog. dog. (laughs) Yeah, he even had a vision dog. And he he created all of them. Uh, But it's, it all kind of spirals out yeah i think viz i think the mom yeah viz is the only one that survives yeah but yeah the mom part went crazy a little too crazy yeah yeah no tom takes he he takes stuff to some wild extremes um i mean but i do like the intimacy that he puts into his characters oh yeah because i tell you what like if i could afford to collect art like one i love the pages that he's produced are not not him, but his artists have produced for this whole. Because for me, like I know my me, you, and Rafa, we talk about Batman who he should end up with. So I'm Camp Catwoman. You're Zatanna. So I just want that to be a thing. I just think he's it's a- he's with Talia, and you know, obviously, like. Mm. I'm ultimately right. I mean, you know. I mean, you are. Thank you. It's on air. Uh, Everybody save this clip as your new ringtones. No, I kid. But I got lucky. I got lucky that it was Catwoman that they went with. And it's beautiful stuff. And like I said, to me, like I I go back often and I read the love letter issues. Uh The issue where Batman wrote that love letter to Selena and she wrote a letter to him. And I love those moments. Um, I felt the same thing was going on in Mr. Miracle when he would be in the headspace of Scott Free. You know, he just, he really does get there. Um, I've looked at... I'm in the process of reading The Sheriff of Babylon. Actually, that's another shout-out. I think that might be the first time those two work together, uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerard. 
the first issue hit me. Uh, it was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, just because, like, the commonplace of death. When death becomes commonplace, how you react. Uh, and then, of course, I my, it tickled my fancy because the main character is Chris. So I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a that was kind of a draw as well. But Tom does have an interesting way of getting into people's heads. You know, it's all there. Like, I mean, one of the standout moments of Mr. Miracle is when Scott Free's going to buy a veggie platter and he just opens up to the cashier and the cashier's like, I don't know. Um, you could do this. You could do that. But there's also a coupon here for your veggie platter, you know, and it's like it's those moments. And it's just God, he he, he hits humanity very well. Yeah, it's and so it continues on in this book, the idea of a man who's only known war. He's only known fighting. He's only known, you know, torture, so to speak, no. uh, has to come to grips with that come to the reality of how do you live a life how do you uh love the one that you love how is it that you uh eventually become a father when all this emotional baggage is back there all this uh you know mental scarring is back there yeah so the idea of uh scott free having to live a, a life when all this responsibility is then thrown on top of him not just a new marriage, but a baby, and then also yeah, not just life, but now a kingdom, a kingdom, yeah, a war, because his army. father, high father, is dead. Yeah, high father's passed on. The crazy mad king Orion rises, and he has to put that down. Yeah, that was that was wild. Yeah, uh, even those panels too, like just him, you know, popping through people, bloodied and whatnot. It was crazy. Like they did a good job of making you think for a moment you know so yeah wild wild stuff uh let's see so anyway so yeah we're gonna take that we're gonna take that that story and we're gonna put it in the marvel universe so we're gonna try to we're gonna tom king and eyes uh, a marvel hero so what we've decided is we've come up with some questions to help guide us so as we look at this we want to ask ourselves okay well who's your mr miracle who's your who's your character that you're gonna take and put them under this microscope but then also put them out there in the spotlight um obviously with mr miracle there comes other characters so love you know big barda why are you going through this hell what helps you survive this hell so who would be your big barter um metron in the end i wouldn't say he's necessarily the villain but i also wouldn't say he's not the villain but metron definitely had a lot of mechanicians behind this so who's your metron who's going to be the guy kind of behind the scenes manipulating events um Again, as you read this story, there was a lot of these panels that would pop up and even a page, Dark Side is. So who is that? Who is your Dark Side? Um, you know, what is this this just never ending fear force that's behind you? And then lastly, what's your event? You know, because we saw that, you know, a big part of this and one more pressure to add to everything though, but it was dealing with, you know, being a king of New Genesis and the army, and then also dealing with being a father your first child is born during these harsh hellish times so we're gonna take somebody from the marvel universe and we're gonna kick them in the <laughs> in the house of ideas <laughs> there there you go uh all right i'll go first so my scot free um the reason i i picked i picked the character i said because when i do look at scot free i think of i think of the adventurer like side of him i think of him as the the because of his being escape artist being a showman and uh and stuff like that so i went with uh i went with gambit i went with remy labu uh i always i don't know i just always liked that character i always thought it was great uh the showmanship's there 
the yeah. you know the prestige, so to speak. Um, so if that is my scot free, my big barda has to be rogue. Like the idea, the two of them, and they're married now in the yeah in the in the Marvel, Marvel universe. universe. And but, I like that too because it keeps that physicality. Because that's what's kind of that's one thing that I do. Like I, I forgot to mention this last time, but I, I really love that. Like if you ever look at Mister Miracle images. And a lot of times when people draw it right, Big Barda is bigger than Scott Free. Like she Much towers bigger, over. Him. Yeah. And I even love like I think there's one from John Byrne where he has Big Barda and Scott Free kissing. And like Scott's not even on the ground. Like she picked him up <laughs> and is kissing him. And it's like because I always love that because a lot of times, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Lois Lane's always tied up and, and thrown on the train tracks. No, she's not. She put herself in an adventure, you know, like she does a lot. She exposes people. She defends herself. Like there's so much more to that character. They're not always damsels in distress and characters like Big Barda and Rogue are prime examples of that. I mean, God, you know, if you look at the 90s X-Men and you don't have that powerhouse that's Rogue, oh, I don't wow. think they would have survived a oh, lot no, of their adventures. Not so, at all. So I didn't mean to just interject, but yeah, I just, I think that's such a great, such a great pairing and such a great pick because they are, they have those, those personalities that fit Scott and Barda in Remy and Rogue. Rogue. <laughs> Marie? <laughs> Marie, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> so uh, to bring it down a little bit, we like we said, we're going to have the suicide in there. But so I guess my tagline would be, how does the world's greatest thief steal back his life or steal his life or can he steal his own life kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I, I guess I would set this before the two of them got married and it would be... It, that's when he he decided to you know I just it, it's I'm not to say because of love but uh-huh. just because he was done like it's just whatever you know I, I can't I can't deal with all this anymore it's kind of out of person out of character for Remy because he, he's a person that loves life so much but then again you do got to remember he was death at one point. He, he was, was death. Horseman yeah. of apocalypse. He was Maybe. a horseman of apocalypse. So he that, has that, that in could, him. Yeah, there's there. That's and it. and you know it's. It's also a sign of depression. It's the people that it's you true. don't see, the ones that are always have that smile on their face and is trying to entertain everybody else that has those thoughts. So, you know, we we that is a that happens to him, and then he and not not an exact result of it, but you know, Rogue comes closer to him. Like, hey, you know what's going on? Because right before they got married. But she was involved with uh, Deadpool for a little bit. Yeah, that's she was right. involved with um, uh, the Shaman uh, Brother Voodoo. I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that's right. When she was on Uncanny Adventures, she kind of yeah. had her own life. Yeah, like she really separated from the X Men and and Gambit, and that's true. Gosh, wow. So, and, and you know, there's the past when she was involved with Magneto. So, wow. uh, it it just kind of made it so that she put it he put it put her back on her radar and let's say they eventually get married and stuff like that they want to move on with their life so there's the big hey rogue can't really touch me kind of thing right but they want to have a baby so who do they go see oh they should have gone saw go, gone to see beast the friendly geneticist yeah but instead they didn't they wouldn't saw uh mr sinister because I like the idea, and we talked about this last week when we were talking about the end stories, the the rumor of Gambit being the third Summers brother. Now, we yes. know we got the third Summers brother. It was Vulcan. So, I guess the fourth Summers brother. <laughs> so, let's say that he is a Summers in some way, and uh, Sinister is intrigued by looking at his 
geneticists or genetics and he gets he gets them a baby dun dun but he is their dark side so they have to they're you know after that is is, is done i'm i'm going to have it so that they're he's always going to lord that over them like hey oh, i helped nice. you when you needed it kind of thing uh so who's my metron i think that with the fallout of Hawks and Pox, so to say, uh-huh. is I would have to say Xavier. Because nice. who is it that is manipulating their lives the most? Yeah, no, that's true. Because, like, honestly, a lot of these characters, like, with the whole House of X powers of um, 10, powers of 10, it feels like, like, all the villains have kind of just, like, they've joined the X Men. Everybody's an X Men, you know? Like, you don't even have to say mutants anymore. They're all X Men. And it's like, okay, you know, so they're not hostels anymore and it's like so xavier is the one manipulating all this stuff and it's like yeah that's the guy i'm really more worried about than anything else especially especially if they're you know people die and they just get reborn and have no real memory of it kind of thing uh how does that affect it so i would i would guess like the the event is the baby but what's the other event I don't. I don't know if he gets a. He doesn't get a kingdom. Obviously, I don't want him to revert back to being like the the master of the thieves guild. So, I guess it would be the X Men in, in general. Like, hey, he takes a, a person who's free as, as wants to be as free as as Gambit likes to be. If he, how is he not free? If someone else can always bring him back to life, kind of thing. Yeah. So. I would say that that's he he's going to try and rally the rest of these X-Men and be like, "Well, are we okay with this happening to us every time? Like is it okay for us to risk our lives and then this happen?" kind yeah. of thing. Well, then it makes sense cuz it really does take the joy out of life, the risk out of life. Yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, it's like, you know, cuz I, I think about I go back to House of X and that issue 4, I think it was where they died. And you're reading this and you're like, oh my God. But then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, why should any of these characters have worried they were going to be saved anyways? You know, it's like a video game. You you always do that before you go fight the final boss. You know, load up on health, load up on weapons. Okay, save and then try fail. Go back to save. <laughs> so it's like, how do the X-Men care anymore? Why would they live that way? Maybe that's even a good source for his depression. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So did I miss any of the questions? No, no. You got all that stuff. Um I love that. I love, you know, the, the lording over of the baby. I think mm-hmm. that's neat because that can play into later. You know, that can definitely be something extra. Um, and, of course, it would be so appealing for Mr. Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like, you know, again, with, with Xavier because he really is. Like, I don't want him to always be the bad guy, but I can't think of him not not being the bad guy. <laughs> and even the spinner rack onslaught was a major story. Yeah. He was basically the part of the bad guy. I you mean, know? he he is so powerful. And we always think of him as just being, you know, come to me, my X Men. Like he's just their their benefactor kind of thing. Yeah, but it's it's he's so much more. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a scary guy. Like honestly, like I am very curious to see what Hickman's master plan is, and you know, and it, uh, this is great because I like this because it it has a character question what's going on, and 
you know, wild, wild stuff. So yeah, no, I think that would be great. Cause you're right. Like, cause even same thing with Mr. Miracle, like he wasn't a suicidal character. He wasn't anything. Like I said, he gets mad. That's saying something. And so that's pretty cool to take a character that's not part of his wheelhouse and put him in that scenario. Yeah. Because can you imagine that? Like, yeah, you know, like I'm Remy Le Bleu, and <laughs> this is the end, you know? And it's like, Oh shit. Gambit's bleeding out. You know? <laughs> that would be crazy. Wild. All right. There, there's my, stab at a story (laughs) so to speak okay who are you gonna use all right so on my flip side of stuff so i as i've explained before i love balance between the two universes um i am very drawn to mr miracle as a character um and then when i met the character of star lord i started doing more investigation on him learning more about him and honestly I feel those two characters share a kinship with each other. Uh, They are both princes of the stars, so to speak. Uh, They both have to deal with empires that they don't want. You know, obviously Mr. Miracle dealing with the, the kingdom of new Genesis, but even with Peter Quill dealing with the kingdom of Spartori or Spartax. So that's not something that they care for. They are just out there living life and enjoying their ways. Um, So I thought he would be a fun character. So yeah, open it up. You know, you, you 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 hear the music in the background, Uga Chuck, and then you look at the bottom of the ship, and there's Peter bleeding out. Uh, this would be crazy. So yeah, and again, not a very depressed character, a very joyful, uh, loving character. But he has seen a lot of war in the fact that if you look at the Annihilation publications, Annihilation, Annihilation, Conquest. So there is something there. Um, in this one, it's interesting because I look at his relationship, and they've played with stuff, uh, and like. So right now, Donnie Coates left the book and he put uh, Star-Lord and Gamora together just because that's the way the movies are gravitating towards. Uh, I've always kind of seen Gamora going towards uh, Nova just because it's the way they've played it in the books. Uh, when Bendis was writing both X-Men and Guardians, he created Star Kitty, as it was nicknamed. <laughs> so that put Kitty Pride with Peter Quill. And that was neat, but... Kitty Pride's always going to end up with Colossus. It's always just going to happen. I don't care what you do. It's always going to be those two. So that was just a you know passage of time. So I started exploring and I thought, huh, who could be an interesting, who could be an interesting big Barda and love interest for Star Lord? So I decided, well, why not? She's brand new to the universe, Angela. Wow. Yeah, so I'm taking the character that was a creation of Neil Gaiman and was recently injected into the Marvel Universe. But I like this because I now have the Spartax Kingdom and I now have access to the Asgardian Kingdom. So this is going to be interesting to play out. Um, My dark side, that never-ending dealing of dread and doom and entropy and all those horrible feelings... That's going to be obviously Thanos, uh, just because those characters, they very much are. They are nihilistic, and they are just like, my end goal is destruction of everything or complete ruling of everything. You know, freedom is gone. Life is done. So I think that would be great. And I also like that. Why? Because now that brings the Eternals into this situation as well. So I, I skipped the title, but I think I'm at a point where I can reveal the title. This would be called child of the universe. Okay. So I like the idea that, yes, so obviously, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord and Angela would be there. They're dealing with all their things and whatnot. I do want their love to be true. So I, th- that that is something that will be coming organic <laughs> as I write it. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, you know, that would naturally happen with those two. Um, my Metron, the person who is manipulating events, that will be the Grandmaster. Just because, wow. you know, he's, he's such a powerful cosmic force. But I think that would be great because, I mean, here's a chance where it's like, wait a second. 
the Guardians are constantly up against Thanos and stuff like that. So if I could pit the Asgardian, Eternals, and Spartax empires against each other, oh, this is just a game I don't want to miss. <laughs> so obviously that's happening. So Star-Lord is just, you know, he's overwhelmed at times. Luckily, Angela is there to kind of smack him in the head and say, don't do stuff like that, but at the same time, be there for him as he tries to come back to reality and come back to normal. Um Eventually, as they keep doing their guardian job and stuff like that, she finally reveals, hey, I'm pregnant. And this is, you know, this is a big thing because now you have, you know, the the, the daughter of Odin and the, the, the prince of Spartax having a child together. So this child is in line for two empires. Uh, this is obviously going to pique the interest of the Eternals because the Eternals view themselves as godlike beings. You know, that's they are just so wicked powerful. So maybe even they are kind of saying, well, why would we want this jackass raising a child? <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to come in and obviously be going with that. So you have the three kingdoms at war for this potential child and you have the guardians of the galaxy running crowd control and also keeping Angela and star Lord safe. Uh, Thanos is going to be there because again, he realizes power is power. So he's going to try to seize it. Um, and we just see star Lord dealing with everything. And then at one point, the kingdom of Spartax will be thrust on him. So what does he have to do? Does he use Spartax to help his guardians so he can stave off the Eternals and the Asgardians? Or does he just tell his planet to stand down and be safe and take them out of the war? And that's a tough thing because if he chooses one, he sacrifices the other. Do you give these faceless people of Spartax the chance to fight so you can save your friends? Or do you risk your, your friend's health, the Guardians of the Galaxy, by trying to keep crowd control on this war? So that gives him that just... Uh, you know, that anxiety <laughs> to the max. And that's what he's got to deal with. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I would pitch as my story. I think that's, I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, I've told you this before. I don't know much about the outer space stuff, especially the guardian stuff, but I love the fact that you brought in Angela. Like that is such a cool move. And the character itself is so interesting. Just, you know, the backstory to, you know, Guyman creating it. And, you know, yeah, the actual history. Yeah. The comic book stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, her... Is that a new revelation of her being the daughter of Odin? Yeah. Well, n- relatively new, I guess, is a way to say it. So, like, when they did the original Sin event... So, again, like, oh, that wasn't too long ago, but it was like, wait a second, that might have been, like, 2016, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. But, yeah, so it was revealed that she was the, th- the daughter of Odin. Uh, I forget who it was. Like, it wasn't obviously Frigga, I think, is Thor's yeah, mom. Freya. Fre- yeah, Freya. Frigga. So, Frigga. But she fits in kind of like how Loki is a son of high of of Odin. So it's well, that Baldur is also the son of Odin. That's true. That's right. And that was a newer revelation. So, yeah. So <laughs> apparently that's what these uh, male, like. Deities, gods. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they do. Zeus they just, did the same thing. Yeah, they go around and plant seed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, having her be. Of that bloodline, and then yeah, Spartax or yeah, Jason, Jason, yeah. you know, that's how much do they involve the Spartax Empire in like Cole's storyline now? Well, they do a lot because even just as recently as, um, um, whatchamacallit, I guess I could have used that in the story too, but I think it's called like the, uh, the Church of the Eternal. So they've always been a Guardians of the Galaxy villain set. So basically, like, when the Guardians first were created, they were like basically the Legion of Superheroes. So they were in the future. Uh, I believe they would fight that the Church of the Eternal 
And so these guys were always just about converting people and people's faith is what powers them so they can move on and continual conquest and domination. Um, so yeah. So in this last arc, I think it was either the second part or the first part or the entirety of the arc. No, it was the second part. Sorry. It was the second part of Donnie Coates's run. So issue seven to 12 of this last volume of the guardians. Jason was actually kidnapped and he's representing the face of the church of the eternal. So they do, they use the, the, uh, like the Spartax empire is starting to become like the next, uh, Oh my God. What is it? Like Deathbird, the, the, uh, Shi'ar. the Shi'ar. They're basically being that level of empire. So yeah, they do get used a lot. So yeah. I, I mean, the idea of the two sides of the, of they're not necessarily at war with each other as guardians aren't at war with Spartax, but right. he, this baby would represent both sides. Oh yeah. Because you know, it's one of those things where it's like whether or not, you know, like the Asgard and the Spartax people, they could agree to like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But you know, if the Eternals are coming in, or even say the Church, I should I, I can't believe I completely forgot them. But if those four fractions, it's like, well, I'm not going to leave it to chance and not do anything. So yeah, it's it's in your best interest. It's your kingdom's future to protect that baby. Yeah, yeah. So what? How does yours end the same way that Mister Miracle? Does it? I mean, does it end the same way? Is it ambiguous? Is it? So that's a tough call about it, you know, because it's like, like. Peter Quill, like it's fine, you know, maybe 10 years ago, eh, you know, I could have done this story. Nobody would have cared, you know, because, or even then you could, you could argue with that. Like when they first had the guardians of the galaxy, when they became like the movie characters, not, not of the movie, but their, their counterparts, they killed off Peter Quill. Right. Like in his final adventure, they killed him. The next time we see them is the Avengers team up book and it's the Avengers and the guardians of the galaxy. And you're like, what? And then, yeah, how is Peter Quill alive? So that would have been one of those things where I could have ended it ambiguously like Tom King did. But I think in a modern Marvel setting, I don't think I'd be allowed to. I, it would have to be like this child is either born, sacrificed, or doesn't happen. So I would rather it be – I like some good drama. Um, it's interesting when heroes get put to the tax. I guess I think it'd kind of be interesting that – the child, I guess this is where it would be. Oh, I would probably lose some readers or fans, but the grandmaster created the child as his token. Oh, wow. So the love is still there, and the child is the ramification of that love, but the physicality of it and everything wasn't. It was just the grandmaster pitting all these people together. And so what does that do to Star-Lord and Angela? Does their, does their relationship survive this? You know, so I think that would be worthwhile exploring in an ongoing Guardian book. So yeah, I think that's I would play it that it wasn't real. Very Ooh, cool. I'd have some mad people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, Jamie Madrix's and uh, Siren's baby, right? Yeah, right. It was Where did just, these kids a, just go? it was just a dupe. Yeah, that vanishes as soon as he touched it. Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good story, man. Very very cool. Anybody else has a idea for a story like that, um, Mar- uh, Mr. Miracle in the Marvel Universe? We'd love to hear it. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. You can also find Chris on Twitter. At- I'm on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. Make sure to check out his writings at... Yes, I put out uh, writing material for uh, Geek Elite Media, so check it out at geekelitemedia.com, and also my reviews and opinion pieces over on adventuresinpoortaste.com. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our fa- 
Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.